0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh boy, are we working on a potential explosive bombshell here. No, I'm not kidding about uh, Joe Biden. This could get really interesting. I will get right to that today. I'm going to withhold some information, not because I'm trying to keep it from you, but because people I'm working with... uh Some of our investigators out there are still trying to verify it. But, man, it will change a whole lot about Joe Biden. Yes, this just came out of nowhere literally before we got on the air. And you know how much I hate the use or overuse of the word literally. All right. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Hey, Daddy-o. I'm doing pretty good. What's what's Biden hiding? Always good to talk to you. tell. Biden's hiding. Well, he ain't keep he ain't going to be much hiding from this one oh, if it's true. Dude. But I will tease right. it for you. And we're going to work on it today uh-huh. in conjunction with uh, Stephen McIntyre at Climate Audit on Twitter. Uh-huh. Hat tip to him. And if it's, this could be big. All right. Let's get right to today's show. Today's show brought to you, our friends, at WhoPolicyGenius.com. That's right. There's never been a bad time to save money. Now, more than ever, finding smart ways to put cash back in your pocket can make a big difference. One way to do that is to simply save on the things you already pay for, like home insurance. If you own a home, you're reshopping your home insurance rates with Policy Genius, could save you a good chunk of change. That's right. And the best part is you barely need to lift a finger to do it. First, head to policygenius.com. Answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property, then Policy Genius will compare your policy against options from top insurers to make sure you're getting the right home insurance coverage. This is key. At the best possible price, save yourself some money. If Policy Genius finds you a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll do all the work to get you switched. You own a car too? Policy Genius will compare your home and auto insurance policies across different insurers, even mix and match, to find you the best savings. They've saved their customers an average of, get a load of this, $1,127 per year doing just that. So if you'd like to put a little cash back in your pocket right now, see how much you can save by reshopping your home insurance rates at PolicyGenius.com, PolicyGenius.com, PolicyGenius.com. All right, Joe, let's go. Due to the last minute entrance of this uh, explosive information, we have a three pager today, which is very rare, but we're going to do it anyway. Let me get right to it. So, ladies and gentlemen, remember the Biden story? Remember the clip? I don't have time to play because this just happened before I get on to you. Biden's on tape at the Council of Foreign Relations. We've played the clip possibly 10, 15, 20 times on the show. He's on tape talking about uh, having the f- prosecutor in Ukraine, Victor Shokin, who was looking at the company his son Hunter Biden was working for in Ukraine fired. Remember that? So I told him, you better, you know, but fire that guy or you're not getting a billion dollars. And Poroshenko told me, you don't have the authority to do that. And I said, yeah, I'm getting on this plane and we're getting out of here. If you don't fire that prosecutor and what, what, what are you doing? Oh, you do have the video. Okay, cool. Can you, right now? No, not right now. Okay. She's like, she's like, you're messing with my show, Paul. If you get it, let me know. Give me like a hand signal there, a smoke signals or whatever you want to do. So, Biden's on tape because Biden's not bright. He's really stupid. Uh, I'm not kidding. Biden is Biden. is Some liberals are smart and they're just tactically good at getting a message out, even though they lie. Biden's not smart. He's really dumb. He's a braggart. He's a conceited old fool who likes to tell fairy tales and stories without an ounce of credibility. So he's on tape bragging, saying, I demanded the guy. Looking into my son, the Ukrainian prosecutor's company, my, son, uh, my son's company, Burisma, I demand he be fired, which is a quid pro quo, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars. He's saying this happened, this is important, while he was vice president. Obviously, or else it wouldn't matter. If he's just Joe Biden's civilian like he is now running for president, he can threaten the Ukrainian president all he wants with withholding money. It's not going to matter. This happened when he was vice president. But here's the key. Again, big hat tip at Climate Audit on Twitter, Stephen McIntyre. Nice, nice tip this morning. Some audios emerged, which we're in the process of verifying. That's why I'm not playing it today. I want to be very careful. You know me. I always take the cautious approach on these stories. till we can verify it, I'm not going to play it. But I'd love you to come back tomorrow if we can verify it and listen to it. Why is this audio important? Because, folks, all we've had up to this point is the video of Joe Biden telling the story stupidly enough, telling the story of how he threatened the Ukrainian president if he wouldn't fire the prosecutor looking into his son. And he says, when he's telling that story, he says, you know, I was on this plane waiting to leave. In other words, insinuating that he's in Ukraine when this was happening. Joe, audience, ombudsman and referee, sure. follow me here. And if it doesn't make sense, immediately interrupt me and say, Dan, does not make sense? Because you all got to get this. Joe Biden was in Ukraine, and I'll produce evidence in a moment. His last trip in Ukraine, remember the prosecutor Shokin, who's investigating his son's company, let's follow the timeline, is fired on March 31st of 2016. The last time Joe Biden's in Ukraine as vice president, before the firing of Shokin, the end of March in 2016, is December of twenty fifteen. So months prior. So, if Joe Biden's story he told at the Council of Foreign Relations, I said, Well, son of a B, you better fire him or I'm not giving you the billion dollars. You remember that man? Mm -hmm. And I was there waiting on that plane. If that story's correct, then Biden said that in December and months lapsed until Shokin was fired. Mm hmm. Okay. Thank you. Follow me still. Where are we going, bro? What if I told you some evidence may have emerged that that call happened March 22nd, 2016, just days before Shokin's fired? Let hmm. me say... Oh, I don't get what you're saying. Whoa, you don't get what I'm saying? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Do you understand how the Democrats' party line here? Follow me here, Armacost. This is important. I needed this, yeah. The Democrats' party line has been, well, if Biden said it, you know, he said it back. No one's ever said December, by the way. It's just been insinuated because Biden said at the Council of Foreign Relations, it was a plane on the tarmac getting ready to go, assuming he was in Ukraine. The last time he was in Ukraine is December of 2015. And it gives the Democrats a little teeny weeny bit of an out. Well, they didn't fire the prosecutor because Biden said that. I mean, they didn't fire him till months later. But if some audio emerged suggesting that call was on March 22nd, just a week prior. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. OK. Oh, oh, uh, uh, you you get yeah, it. Yeah, We get it. Yeah. You dig. Mm-hmm. You pick it up what I'm putting down? Yep. That's a big problem. Big problem. That's a huge problem. That's an enormous problem for the Democrats who now are going to have a really hard time running away from the narrative they used to impeach Donald Trump. What was the narrative? It was a quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. Trump was demanding political dirt on Biden in exchange for military aid. Of course, that was a totally false story. We've seen the transcript. The Democrats made that up. But if Joe Biden demanded the firing of this prosecutor on a call a week prior to when he was fired and the prosecutor was investigating his son and he was the vice president of the United States, we got a quid pro quo problem and we got a chronology problem, too. (laughs) Now, again, stay tuned tomorrow because we can't verify the contents of the call. I'm not going to play it. But you may say, well, why mention it today? Because, again, hat tip Stephen McIntyre. We have evidence, direct evidence, that this call on March 22nd happened. We always produce evidence and receipts here, folks. Come on. Let's go to screen cap number one. Here we go. Evidence of the call happening March 22nd, 2016. Here's the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine. Readout of Vice President Biden's call with Petro Poroshenko, the president of Ukraine. March 22nd, 2016. There it is right there. Now, there's more. There's a readout of the call. Now, there's an actual readout of the call we'll play next. You would think on the readout, the audio, the alleged audio, I'll say, at this point, because again, we don't I don't need to be first. I just need to be right. The alleged audio, the Ukrainian prosecutor Shokin, has brought up on the call. You know, the one investigating Biden's son's company? Oh, oh. The alleged audio. Now it's interesting because in the actual readout, which we have here of the call, you don't actually see anything about the Ukrainian prosecutor. In the actual readout, in the <laughs> the actual readout of the there we go. Here, here's a readout. Vice President Biden spoke today with Poroshenko. The vice president condemned the unjust conviction and sentencing of a Ukrainian pilot, member of parliament, uh, Savyshenko, I can't say that, an underlined Russian obligation as the Minsk release her. The vice president emphasized the importance of Ukraine quickly reestablishing a stable government, parliamentary code. Why am I reading this fast? Because I'm still waiting to read, read a bit. This is a readout of the call, a formal readout of the call. In other words, here's what they talked about. I still haven't seen Joe. Do you see it yet? Any conversation of them firing the prosecutor, not it yet. goes on. The leaders agreed on that. You don't see it either, right? And the importance of fully implementing all aspects of the you going to the suffering of the people in Ukraine, restore Ukraine's sovereignty. Ter- Here's the last. The two leaders also expressed deep sorrow for the victims of today's horrific terrorist attack in Belgium. Oh, interesting. Wow, that's isn't that 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 this, that's really great. No mention whatsoever, conveniently of the firing of Shokin. Now, if the call turns out tomorrow to be inauthentic, then we'll have a reason. We'll say a call did happen. We have a readout of it. But the audio was inauthentic. But we know this call happened just days before that prosecutor was fired, which creates a real timeline problem for the DIMS and their de facto presidential nominee. And if this call happened and that audio is authentic, and Shokin's name and the uh, getting rid of Shokin, the prosecutor, and firing Shokin came up on that call, Joe Biden's going to have a real problem. And as always, I in my show notes, I always put, please subscribe to my show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. That is the show notes. It's an email. goes out every day. We don't spam your inbox. But I'll send this article over to you in case you want evidence. Evidence matters. You know, liberals always try to catch you on one little thing despite losing the big arguments all the time. Here's a Washington Examiner piece. By Rob Crilly, Joe Biden visited Ukraine six times in eight years while vice president. This piece is from October 10, 2019, and you'll see his last visit. You can read the piece yourself so you don't think. I'm, I, I Listen, fact check me always. Always don't really. I, I, I'm confident in our material. Fact check us. You'll see from the Washington Examiner piece that his last trip before the firing of Shokin in March of 2016 to Ukraine, you'll see if you read the whole piece was December 7th and 8th of 2015. The next trip after that was until 2017. So again, you see my point. Joe Biden told this story at the Council of Foreign Relations. Do you have that video? Major? You have it ready roll? Or did you just tell me that? The, the, see, if the video, the Biden video? Oh, he can't down. Okay, so far, no problem. See? So you get the point. Biden says at this Council of Foreign Relations uh, speech where he's dumb enough to talk about this. He says, oh, this plane was waiting again. I think he does this. Joe's not smart, but he's just, On the edge of sanity enough where he knows not to indict himself and give the exact date of the call because just a week later, Shokin's fired. So what does he do? He pretends he was in Ukraine, which bumps the timeline back to December. Mm. You get it? Yeah. Yeah. Creating a chronological disconnect saying, all right, I think his default position was going to be, I may have brought up the firing of this prosecutor who I thought was corrupt, but they didn't fire him till months later. Ah, we have some evidence that may not be true. Tune in tomorrow and we'll follow up on that one. All right. I've got some more debunking, more material. I got the bar thing from yesterday. Today's going to be a loaded show. Hang with me. May go over a little bit. Uh, Today's show, Tuesday, I always appreciate your patience. We have great sponsors. Want to be here to talk to you. Also brought to you by our good friends at ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, the time for a VPN is now your privacy matters. Keep prying eyes away from your online activity and online data. You don't need them looking at it. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN. And how a lot of people now working from home. It's more important than ever to choose a VPN you trust. We have it right now. It's actually sitting right there. I used it yesterday when I filled in for Mark Levin on the radio. Not kidding. It's sitting there right to my left. We have VPN router, which we love. I like to do, (laughs) I mentioned it's a router. We have their router. It's right there down to my left. I like to do my research on my sponsors. We don't take every sponsor. We're very selective. I only recommend brands to my listeners I believe in and use. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN VPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. No good. NG, no good. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server. It makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. Speed matters too. Many slow your connection down and make your device super sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for over a year. My internet speeds are blazing fast. We need it. We have a fiber line. It's got to be fast. It can handle it right there. Even when I connect the service thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. Something else that really uh, sets VPN apart from others is how easy it is to use. You can fire up the app, click it in one bu- button to connect. It's really that easy. I can use it. You know, I'm not that tech savvy. I say it on the show all the time. It's not just me saying this. Wired, CNET, Verge, and others rate ExpressVPN, the number one VPN in the world. Today's the day to pick one up. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash bongino go today. Get an extra three months free. That's a big savings on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash bongino VPN. ExpressVPN. Pn. com slash Bongino. learn more today go check it out you won't regret it okay so um just quickly before i get to what happened there's some more developments with flynn some more developments with attorney general Barr. huge ones there is a new anti-trump rumor i usually have a media madness segment i do of course you're going to see them pick up and run with every anti-trump hoax conspiracy theory out there and yesterday you may have missed it i always wait on these stories this is why i waited on this one Trump fired another inspector general. The inspectors general are a group of federally appointed investigators who are basically like internal affairs officers. They look at uh, malfeasance within the government, investigate internal corruption and things like that. Right. So a lot of agencies have them. We didn't have one in the Secret Service, but the State Department has an IG. The intelligence community has an IG. Well, the State Department has one. Donald Trump has been getting rid of a lot of these inspectors, inspectors general, because many of them, in fact, have been abusing their positions for political investigations and have been leaking. For President Trump, by the way, and nobody disputes this, even hack Nancy Pelosi. President Trump has full authority constitutional authority to fire inspectors general everybody understand that nobody questions that even Pelosi hasn't questioned the question now is he recently fired the state department inspector general and the story came out oh my gosh they fired the state department inspector general because they were investigating Mike Pompeo for walking his dog I don't I don't know if that story is true or not But of course it played into the Democrat anti-Trump fairy tale. And to be fair, if I thought President Trump, and I'm not messing with you, I'm a supporter of the president, but if I thought President Trump did fire this inspector general for investigating one of his own, I promise you, you have my word, I would speak out against it. That's not right. But ladies and gentlemen, that's not exactly the story we're hearing. Let's go to the great Elizabeth Vaughn at Red State, who has a great piece on this. Again, always apply the Bongino rule on an anti-Trump conspiracy theory. Wait 24 to 72 hours, and the real story will probably come out. So the story you heard is Trump fired this inspector general because he was investigating Trump's secretary of state because they were abusing these people and making them walk their dogs and stuff. Now we see the real story here. Red State, Elizabeth Vaughn, wait, I'm not done. You got to get the title up there. I we're having a little beef today a little beef today on the show a little bit of friction going on oh about that IG wrongfully fired by Mike Pompeo turns out Dems may want to hold their fire what is Elizabeth Vaughn writing a piece this is even she's covering by the way in the red state how the Washington Post wrote about this. you know the left-leaning full Pravda activist Washington Post even they wrote this check this out from the red state piece house democrats may want to hold their fire and take a look at the report which appeared in the washington post on monday brian bulleteo the state department's Undersecretary for management told the post that linick this is the inspector general of the state department that was fired had been fired due to quote an alleged pattern of unauthorized disclosures or leaks to the news media about investigations that were in early draft form According to the Washington Post, Bulateo said that the officials had no evidence Linick was personally responsible for the leaks, but that the disclosures had the potential of tainting the outcome of ongoing probes. Okay, here we go. Now the real story, again, applying the Bongino rule, comes out. That this Inspector General Linick may have supervised the department responsible for a number of unauthorized, potentially illegal leaks of information to the media. If you would have waited a few days to comment on this, you would have said, hold on. This isn't about dog walking or dishwashing. If that happened, by the way, that's wrong. 100%. If that happened, it's wrong. And if those are being investigated, those investigations shouldn't stop. Nobody gets a pass because you're a Republican or whatever. But now we find out that there were ongoing investigations into this guy's department and a series of unauthorized, potentially illegal leaks. And that's why they let him go. Oh, that story again will be in the show notes today. I'm begging you humbly and with the greatest of respect for a loyal, terrific audience, the best in the digital conservative podcast space. I say that without any caveats or provisos in there. Please, please, with these anti-Trump hoaxes, just wait a few days. You will always get the real story later. If there's an investigation into Pompeo, it's not going anywhere. Whether they fire the inspector general or not, it is not going anywhere. However, if he's been running a department illegally and potentially illicitly leaking information to the media, which is damaging ongoing investigations, that is a perfectly legitimate reason for President Trump to exercise his legitimate constitutional authority and fire this person. Thank you, period, full stop. Man, is it frustrating dealing with these media hacks. They just can never get the story right, ever. All right, moving on because there's a lot going on here. Judge Sullivan in the Flynn case. This is going to be one of those rapid fire shows where we're going to just fill you full of information like a fire hose coming at you. Judge Sullivan has absolutely destroyed his reputation. He is the judge presiding over the Flynn case where the Department of Justice is prosecuting Flynn for a ridiculous allegation that he lied to the FBI. Of course, we went over that in yesterday's show. It's alleged that Flynn lied about discussing sanctions on the phone with the Russian ambassador. If you read the FBI's own paperwork, as I covered on my show yesterday and filling in for Mark last night, the FBI never asked Flynn about sanctions according to their own paperwork. So how Flynn could lie about sanctions he was never asked about is bizarre. But Judge Sullivan's not really curious about that because he hates Mike Flynn. He's already accused him of being a traitor to his country in open court. Not kidding. Not a joke. He had to apologize later because he humiliated himself and the bench. But Judge Sullivan now, realizing the government has no case against Mike Flynn and made these charges up as all this new Brady material, exculpatory material has come out, he will not let the Department of Justice amazingly dismiss this case. Now, as I said to you yesterday, he has no authority to do this. The rule he's using, Rule 48, that the Department of Justice can only dismiss a case with, quote, leave of the court. It's not in there to protect the government. It's there to protect the defendant, Mike Flynn, from being repeatedly charged by government prosecutors. And if the case is weak, throwing it out and then retrying it again, and Flynn then spends his whole life defending himself. This is there to protect defendants, not the government. Sullivan's out there are defending the government's integrity. We think Bill Barr's Department of Justice is dropping this case for political reasons. And therefore, I'm going to appoint another former judge Gleason, this guy, John Gleason, to look into this case. So Judge Sullivan's not only admitting he's incompetent, that he can't figure it out himself, he's appointing another judge, uh, this guy Gleason, who wrote an op-ed. He was a former judge, a former FBI agent, former prosecutor, who wrote an op-ed basically condemning Mike Flynn just weeks prior. I'm sure this guy Gleason, though, will be a nonpartisan actor in this. Big wink and stupid nod right now <gasps> because you got to be a moron to really figure this one out because it makes sense to you only if you're in the moron imbecile class. Judge Sullivan, who hates Flynn, accused him of being a traitor on the bench, will not let the Department of Justice throw out a case. It already admitted it has no evidence to prosecute. There's massive evidence of government malfeasance. Sullivan still wants Flynn prosecuted and has appointed another former judge there, this guy Gleason, who's already put down in writing he can't stand Flynn, to then look into the Flynn case. Now, big hat tip at Technofog on Twitter who picked out this gem in a filing Gleason made to the court. He respectfully requests permission to submit a brief on or before June 10, 2020 addressing three issues. This is the judge Sullivan has appointed to look into the case he can't figure out because Sullivan is forfeited any semblance of being an actual nonpartisan actor. One of the things Gleason wants to do, get a load of this hat tip technofog. Gleason wants any additional factual development I may need before finalizing my argument in opposition to the government's motion in this case. Are you expletive kidding me? So Sullivan doesn't have the judge capabilities to figure out the government is unlawfully at this point prosecuting Mike Flynn. He appoints another judge who now wants to retry the case. Can you put that up again? Did you read what I wrote there? By the way, again, hat tip techno for picking this out, Technofog on Twitter. He wants additional factual developments he may need before finalizing his argument in opposition to the government's motion in the case. The judge has completely lost it, ladies and gentlemen. They want to basically retry this case. I'll be the real judge, Judge Bongino in this case. Court's, uh, Court's in session. Here's what's really happening right now. Judge Sullivan has completely forfeited his role as a judge here. He is engaged in a delaying tactic. Delaying for what? This is going to tie into the next segment. You know, the Democrats are ruthless. Judge Sullivan's all in with the Dems now. All in. They're hoping to delay and retry this case through this surrogate now, Gleason. They're gonna bring in again another judge who hates Flint to re-interview, write up all these new reports, essentially retry the case, to delay it long enough to build enough political pressure that if Biden is to win, God forbid, this presidential election that they may be able to come back and retry Flynn again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is sick. We are in deranged sociopath territory right now. They are delaying, delaying, delaying. They want to get Biden in there and his transition team in there with the hope that they can retry this case again. It's, 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 I mean, this is like Emperor Palpatine stuff. This is We're looking at that kind of tyranny right now. You believe this? The evidence is right in front of the judge's face that the government charged Flynn with a crime he didn't commit, lying about sanctions he was never asked about. The FBI's own paperwork shows it. The Brady material revealed reveals the FBI's own notes indicate they were setting him up and framing him for a crime. And the judge wants to bring in another judge to retry a case the DOJ has already admitted is a total dog. One note before I move on to this delay tactic, because here's what they're doing. There's another delay. Sullivan is trying to delay this case. So is Christopher Wray, the again, the second worst director in FBI history after Comey. Folks, on a very serious note, this is the dramatic importance right now of you voting. I cannot emphasize in strong enough terms right now that you get out and vote. I am not, let me be crystal clear. I am not suggesting to you that the Republicans, the GOP, The grand old party is the solution to all your problems. I'm not. They have let us down. There is a boatload of spending going on. I mean, burr we had running the Senate Intel Committee. A lot of Republicans have let us down. I am not suggesting they are somehow angels and are going to fix all your problems tomorrow. I am simply suggesting this. We live in a fallible world full of fallible people where there are no easy solutions. There are only trade-offs. That's it. Your problems will never be solved. You will simply trade bigger problems for smaller ones. That's what living in a world of scarce resources and fallible people means. No problem will ever be solved. Ever. Ever. I am sorry to tell you that. We don't solve problems. We simply trade bigger problems for smaller ones. And that is the essence of being human in a world of scarce resources. That's the reality. However, depressing that may be. What I'm asking you to do. In November is to vote Republican down the line. Because although Republicans may not solve all your problems, I'm telling you the Democrats are absolutely the cause of your problems now. I'm asking you to trade a smaller problem, rhino fake Republicans who've sold this out, for a bigger problem of Democrat tyrants who want to shred the constitution, throw the constitutional Republican in the garbage, and fully weaponize law enforcement and intel to imprison their political opponents. I cannot think of one reason to vote for any Democrat in this upcoming election. Not one. If they take back the Senate, if they keep the House, take back the Senate, and even if President Trump wins, they will impeach him again. And this time they may have enough votes in the Senate. If you don't vote Republican, they may have enough votes in the Senate to get rid of him. I cannot emphasize to you enough in a call to action how important it is you get out and vote. They are delaying. Judge Sullivan is delaying to retry Flynn, who's now a political prisoner. And Christopher Wray is delaying too, director of the FBI. He's delaying something as well. I'll get to that in a second. And Tuesday, we always have a loaded day. Always appreciate it. Today's show also brought to you by our friends. These guys are lifesavers. OMAX, they have cryo CBD. This is great. I use it. It's their advanced, joints, advanced joint defense. You know, I, I complain about it. I'm whining all the time in the show about it. My uh, really horrendous arthritis, it's pretty terrible. I use this stuff. I really enjoy it. It works great for me. Gives me days of relief, which I need, especially after hard workouts and my left shoulder takes a beating. If you're obsessed with CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, which is another great product, I have it up there in my cabinet. You roll it on, it's like ice. Uh, Then you need to try this too. You're going to want to listen to this one. CryoFreeze Advanced Joint Defense CBD is a one-day... See, I opened the already. I'm already using this half a bottle left. Cryofee's Advanced Joint Defense is a one a day supplement containing hemp derived CBD and a clinically proven ingredient called NEM that relieves a joint discomfort and soreness in seven days or less. This breakthrough formula can reduce aches and pains from sore muscles, overuse, and aging. If you want to stay super active and keep those joints supple, free of a lot of the inflammation, it's a must for recovery while improving flexibility and long-term joint health. The best part is this CBD-powered supplement contains absolutely no THC, and our friends at Omax make sure it's third-party tested so you get 100% premium quality you can absolutely trust. I trust it. OMAX is offering my listeners a limited time offer of 20% off their introductory pricing on OMAX CryoFree supplements, including their uh, joint supplement, cryo CBD advanced joint defense, which again, I love. This discount also applies to any product site-wide through the end of the month. Try their roll-on. It's terrific. Ice that joint right up. Just go to my omaxhealth.com Uh Go to omaxhealth.com today. That's omaxhealth.com and enter code Bongino to take advantage of this incredible savings. So if you're looking to relieve your muscle and joint pain in seven days or less for a natural yet powerful solution, Try Omax CryoFreeze Advanced Joint Defense. It's a science-backed CBD-based formula. Relieve that stiffness and joint pain. Go to omaxhealth.com today. Enter code Bongino. Take advantage of this incredible savings. That's O-M-A-X, health.com. Enter code Bongino for 20% off and site-wide. Uh, don't let muscle soreness continue to be excuse uh, for living an active lifestyle. Omaxhealth.com, promo code Bongino. Feel relief faster. Really cool product. Helps me a lot, especially my left shoulder. All right. So I said to you, Sullivan's engaged in a prolonged delay tactic, obviously, to keep the Mike Flynn case in the public eye and build political capital against Mike Flynn, which is absolutely absurd. But Christopher Ray has been a total disaster as the current FBI director now. Um, you know, I, I love the president. He's been great. But some of his appointments have been a bust. I, I don't know who recommended Christopher Ray, but he's been terrible. So what's he up to now? Christopher Ray and the FBI is hiding Joe Pianca. Joe Pianca is an FBI agent who is a central figure in both the Spygate case and the Mike Flynn case. Let me get into first how people are running out of patience with, uh, with Christopher Ray and Joe Pianca. Jim Jordan, excellent congressman from Ohio, who's been all over the Spygate and Flynn case, was on Hannity last night. And he said, "Listen, I'm basically getting tired of this with Christopher Ray. We are demanding he produce people and evidence, and he's just hiding them and won't produce them. I don't understand what Christopher Ray thinks he's doing. Does he think we're going to forget? The answer is Christopher Ray is delaying the production of FBI agent Bianca until after the election, hoping Joe Biden gets in office again and this all goes away. So Jim Jordan got tired of this and sent this letter over to the uh, over to the FBI." He says, please facilitate making former FBI assistant director Bill Prystep and FBI agent Joe Pianca available for transcribed interviews about their actions related to Lieutenant General Flynn. (sighs) Now, why is Pianca important, ladies and gentlemen? Pianca is a critical player here in both Spygate and the Flynn case. Granted, they're both related, but for a moment, let's separate the two and pretend they're not. They are related. Because the same players who tried to set up Trump through the Steele dossier were the same players who targeted Mike Flynn. Stefan Halper, that whole FBI team. It's all the same players. But for a moment, separate the two and assume they're two separate cases. Bianca, who Christopher Christopher Ray is apparently hiding right now. Remember I told you they sent him to the San Francisco office and then with a screen capped pianka's picture on the san francisco uh the name of uh, his name on the san francisco website mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the next day it disappeared why are they hiding this guy they, they're they, they're trying to send them to jupiter they can't get someone pointed out they can only probably send them to alaska to get them farther away in the united states they send them to san francisco why are they hiding them? number one what's his role in the spygate case quickly because i covered this before pianka the guy who managed the fbi agent pianka managed the woods file Ladies and gentlemen, when you get a FISA warrant to spy on an American, you're supposed to do it based on information from sources you verified. You're not just allowed to say, hey, Joe Armacost told me, you know, Paula was spying for the Russians. You have to say in in a Woods file, it's called a Woods file, you have to say what data points Joe used. -hmm. I saw him meet on this day with this Russian spy. I saw Paula her meet on this day. I saw Paula meet the other day with this Russian. And then you're supposed to go out and verify that. And they keep track of that in like similar to a spreadsheet. It's called the Woods file. Ladies and gentlemen, Pianka was responsible for managing the Woods file on the dossier. What's the problem? The Woods file on the dossier didn't verify any of the key allegations in the dossier. He used to spy on <laughs> Trump. Don't you think it would be interesting to talk to Joe Pianca and ask him why he didn't verify that? I'm just saying, Joe. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> you think? Maybe kind of a key figure in this, no? <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy supposed to be checking the boxes. Verified PP tape. Verified session meeting with Page. Verified Page's trip to Moscow. Did this, that, and you verified none of it. Oh, the Woods file. Ninety percent of the stuff was unverifiable, and Pianka was the guy. So there's Pianka's central role in Spygate. This guy's got the keys to the kingdom, and Ray's hiding them. That's why Jordan wrote that letter. Produce Pianka today. This whole case be blown wide open. You know, Judge Jeanine said something last night, too, on Fox. I want to read She said, you know, I'm tired of people saying the truth is going to come out. The truth is out there. Bingo. Nice job, Judge. She's absolutely right. The truth is right in front of us. The Steele dossier was a fake. Bianca was responsible for the file that was supposed to verify the dossier, and we can't seem to get a hold of Bianca. None of the, the truth is out there for anyone to see. You may say Bianca's role is worse than this. Yes, it is worse. Bianca's is also the guy who interviewed Mike Flynn at the White House with Peter Stroke. You know, the interview where the FBI alleges Flynn lied about discussing sanctions, despite the fact that the form, the 302 form the FBI wrote, summarizing the interview, makes no mentions of sanctions whatsoever, it makes uh, it, substantively, it talks about expulsions of Russian diplomats, a separate issue. How could Flynn lie about sanctions he was never asked about according to the FBI's own document? Who wrote that document? Who wrote the 302? Who was the note taker for the Flynn interview at the White House where they allege he lied about sanctions they never asked him about? Who wrote those notes? Joe Pianca. They're delaying the production of Joe Pianca in front of congressional committees and elsewhere until after the elections, making this all go away because Pianca has the keys to the kingdom. Now, I will provide one caveat here in the interest of doing actual investigations and investigative reporting. Don't ever call me a journalist, it's offensive. They're the worst people on the planet, most of them. Really, it's, an, it's a slur. I will have to block you immediately on Twitter. We do investigations here, we do reporting. There is one small possibility. It's small, but I don't, I don't think it's true. And some of my sources have indicated it's possible. Some have indicated maybe not. There is a small possibility is cooperating with the Durham investigation. Small. Which would make sense why Ray wouldn't produce him. If that's the case, that would be very good news. But I want to put it out there because I want to give you alternate explanations too. This is a program. You know, we don't pretend to be a news program. I give opinions and strong ones, but we do facts. News programs don't do facts anymore. And there is an alternate explanation. Bill Prystep, who Jordan also wrote about in the letter we just put up there, Jordan wants to see him too. And they want them to testify. step and Bianca may be cooperating. I think the chances of that are highly unlikely though. Why? Because Jordan's not stupid. He's been reading on Spygate from day one. If they were cooperating, he'd probably know about it or they may have cooperated in the past. Here's another, let me give you a third explanation. So one, they're hiding Pianca because he has the keys to the kingdom. He interviewed um, Mike Flynn at the White House and wrote the notes, the notes about the sanctions that don't contain the word sanctions. He managed the Woods file and the FBI is hiding him. That's scenario number one. They're hiding him because they don't want the case to come out. Number two, he's cooperating. Therefore, the FBI should hide him. Number three, I just did a Joe Biden. Number three. He co- Some of you on the YouTube may have caught that, youtube.com slash he, he cooperated in the beginning and someone got a hold of him and told him to shut up. So I want to give you a full spectrum of what could be happening. I'm leaning heavily towards number one that he's not cooperating. Maybe Price Step was in the beginning and now they're trying to get a hold of him, uh, Jordan, and they're hiding him. That's what I think really happened. All right, let's get to the big news from yesterday. I'm not delaying it. There's just so much going on. Um, I've been getting tons of email about this. I wanted to make sure I could give this its proper due and proper time. People emailed me yesterday. Again, I was filling in for Mark on the radio. I'd done my own show. I had to finish up the China chapter on my book with the the WHO, and I was just tired at the end of the night. But man, did I get a boatload of emails. People were furious at Bill Barr, uh, the attorney general, who I think is doing a good job. Hold on, hold on, don't throw tomatoes yet. Let me play the video first. Bill Barr gave a press conference yesterday about that dreadful Pensacola terrorist attack. And at the end of the press conference, he was asked about a separate issue. Now that we have the information that Barack Obama, during the January 5th, 2016 meeting in the Oval Office, appears to have started the whole takedown of Mike Flynn, are there going to be any potential criminal prosecutions, was the gist of the questions. Bill Barr's answer infuriated a lot of people. Let's play it. As to President Obama and Vice President Biden, whatever their level of involvement... Based on the information I have today, I don't expect Mr. Durham's work will lead to a criminal investigation of either man. Our concern over potential criminality is focused on others. I get it. Why you would be upset about that? I understand. I receive emails a lot now, folks. These are tough segments for me. I'll be honest, because no matter what I say, you're not going to like it. And I really appreciate. The voice you've given me. And I don't want to lose people, but I have to be honest with you. I, I, I can't lie to you and mislead you. I'd be Rachel Maddow then. Sadly, I believe what Barr is saying is correct. I, I Again, I know that upsets many of you and I understand. I'm not saying it's morally right. I'm not saying Barack Obama and Biden weren't fully corrupt, they were. I tweet out every morning how Barack Obama is the most corrupt president in US history. The question is not that Obama abuses power. The question is that Obama commit a criminal act that we can charge him with an actual crime, him and Biden. And as I said in a speech at the Breakers, what was that, Paul, like two years ago? It was a viral speech I gave on Spygate. I was asked a question at the end, who's gonna wind up in handcuffs? I got pilloried. People sent me hate emails for weeks. I said, I don't think a lot of the political figures in this are going to wind up in handcuffs. I think the three-letter agency people may. My gosh, I got negative emails for months. I still stand by that today. And there's a reason. I owe you an explanation for that in light of what Barr said yesterday. And I'm going to give it to you now. So to be clear where I stand, and you're free to disagree, and I appreciate your emails on it. I never thought the political players on this were going to be found guilty of a crime because I believe they were smart enough to avoid criminal liability in their corrupt abuses of power. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. So you understand from an inside perspective, having actually investigated criminal cases for over a decade of my life in the federal government. what, What was it? Was it A Few Good Men, the movie? It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. I'm not sure I'm terrible with pop culture references. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. We know Barack Obama was corrupt. I proved to you yesterday and on Friday's show that Obama's administration at a minimum initiated through the PDB staff who puts this thing together. On, or it had to be on orders from Obama or someone in his team based on run masking history. The surveillance targeting of Mike Flynn. The question is, did they break any laws? And the answer is, I'm not sure. And here's why. When you work in the White House, right, even in the Secret Service, which is not on the political side, obviously, it's on the security side, but you're around the president all day, especially on the road where you're really around them. I mean, the White House, they move around and they have a little bit of space. On the road, you're like right on top of them all the time. The president doesn't, isn't the supervisor of the Secret Service. Yeah, the Department of Homeland Security falls under the president of the United States. But we work for the Homeland Security Secretary. You're not supposed to listen to the president if the president says something that's probably not smart and will cause a safety problem for himself. I'm just telling you in my experience working with the Secret Service that if the president wants to do something, even if it's pretty stupid, the Secret Service most of the time is probably going to do it. Joe, are you following what I'm saying here? That there's a soft power there? Yes, yeah. There's a regality to the office that frightens people. I'm not suggesting the people in charge when I worked there didn't have the guts to stand up. If it was something overtly dangerous that was going to get them hurt immediately, I'd tell them no. But there were a lot of things we did security-wise that probably weren't the best idea. And you do it because the president says, I'm doing it. What I'm trying to tell you is Think about the Russia phone call. This may get a little complicated, but I'm telling you it's worth your time. Mm -hmm. If the president's in the White House and he says to Susan Rice and others who are known, you know, butt kissers of the president, they'll defend President Obama no matter what he does. If he robbed the bank and they had video, they'd call him Robin Hood for giving the money to the poor. If the president's around, just like he was around us in the Secret Service and hints at something, hey, I'd like to go to that uh cemetery and visit this uh the grave of this person well mr president that's kind of dangerous Open air. we have as i said i'd like to go to that cemetery can you imagine president obama in that office with susan rice and others brennan another uh weak need totally spineless fool and president obama saying something like hey you know i heard a heard a rumor that mike flynn was on the phone with the russian ambassador kislyak oh i i got the readout of the call it didn't seem like anything but you know It'd be really interesting to find out the motivations about what Putin was thinking about with the sanctions. Mm. You dig? Mm. All of a sudden, the president frames his request, not as a, hey, go wiretap Mike Flynn. But hey, you know, Mike Flynn talked about sanctions on that call. He's not the National Security Advisor yet. And Putin responded. He responded in a reciprocal fashion, just like it would be really good if you get what I mean, wink and a nod. It would be really good if we understood Putin's motivations. What I'm trying to tell you is the president of the United States has a lot of power. And as long as he masks his corrupt motives in a fake quasi-legal package they're not going to be able to charge him with a crime. I, I know that's not a satisfactory answer. But Barr, I didn't play the whole press conference in the interest of it. Later on, Barr goes on because I don't want you to be mad at him for this. I believe he's got Brennan and others nailed to the wall because there was a criminal leak to David Ignatius to the Washington Post and somebody swore out a warrant in court under penalty of perjury. That was clearly false. I believe he has some people nailed to the wall. Will they be in handcuffs? Don't know. Not my job. My job is just to tell you the truth. But on the political side, ladies and gentlemen, there is always going to be cover. Barr later in the presser brought up an example of what he was talking about. The former governor of uh, New Jersey, Chris Christie, who his some of his aides were convicted in a court of or tried in a court for shutting down traffic to a bridge, supposedly in retaliation for the local mayor of the town's some political stance. It's a complicated case. There was no question what these aides to Chris Christie did in New Jersey was really stupid and abuse of power. None. Nobody's questioning that. The Supreme Court just tossed this conviction, though, because although it was an unquestioned abuse of power, horrendous judgment, the criminal violation they charged them with didn't exist. They didn't benefit from it financially. There was no crime. So what Barr is telling you is not every abuse of power is in fact a crime. I'm, I, again, I'm deeply sorry to have to feed you that bad news, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And that doesn't mean, remember, Nixon never spent a day in jail. I'm telling you what the Democrats fear most is not Barack Obama in handcuffs. They don't. It's not going to happen. I've told you that for three years. Two years since that speech. That's not what they fear most. What they fear most is Barack Obama, their scion, their golden calf, their messiah. They'll, he's, the, he's their Ronald Reagan. What they fear most, I promise you, is Barack Obama's legacy being forever linked to the title most corrupt president in U.S. history. Because he is. That is what they fear most. Mark it. They know Obama's never going to jail. They don't want the guy they were going to celebrate for generations as this trailblazer, Barack Obama, this renegade. Some of you get that. This renegade. They don't want him in history books to be remembered like Nixon as the most corrupt president in U.S. history. And they fear that's exactly where this is going in the Barr investigation. Again, my sincere apologies for not giving you the answer you want. But it is the answer you need. All right, uh, final spot, And I got, uh, listen, I've got some other great stories. This Florida, New York thing is blowing up and I want to get this video of Tim Ryan because it's really important. We're powering through stuff today. Final sponsor today. LifeLock. Ladies and gentlemen, the coronavirus pandemic has sparked a massive increase in the number of cybercrime complaints flowing into the FBI. That is really unfortunate. The agency's Internet Crime Complaint Center, which typically receives a thousand complaints a day before the pandemic, is now receiving three to four thousand coronavirus related schemes, including domain names, spoofing personal protective equipment vendors and scams, promising government checks and fraudulent activities for COVID are everywhere. Everywhere I have LifeLock. I have it not only for me, not only for me, but for my wife and for my children too. They'll steal your kids' identity. I had my identity stolen. It was an awful experience. They bought a bunch of real estate programs. I had to cancel my American Express card over. It was terrible. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives every day. We put our information at risk on the internet, and cybercriminals keep finding new ways to steal identities. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock is a leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert. I get them on my phone. It's great. You will have a dedicated restoration specialist. God forbid you should become an identity victim and they'll help you resolve it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. I had LifeLock long before. I have them now. LifeLock can see threats you might miss on your own if you're just monitoring your own credit. Think about it. I use LifeLock and I was a federal agent that investigated identity theft. That's how good they are. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go now. Go to LifeLock.com slash Bongino. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino today for 25% off. Don't risk your identity. That's yours. It's important. LifeLock.com slash Bongino. Okay. Um, The three-pager. You believe this, Paula? Three-pager? This is how much the show has grown. We're into three-pagers now. I wanted to get to this because this bailout, coronavirus, Wuhan virus bailout that's being proposed for some blue states is an absolute no. Not doing it. I'm sorry I'm not doing it. I grew up. I paid taxes in New York my entire life. I moved to Maryland, another blue state, with confiscatory high tax rates. I I'm, I love those two places. I love people who worked up there. They're very nice people. There's some actually some good people in government up there. Not very many, but some good ones. I left. I now live in Florida. I love Florida. It has no state income tax. We have a, a really good governor in Ron DeSantis. We have solid conservatives in the state. I moved away from that. I didn't want it. We have a system of federalism where states run their own state governments independent of the federal government. I did not want it. I did not want New York's ridiculous taxes or their what I considered to be suffocating amount of government services because it doesn't service anything. It creates more regulations and government creates a burden. There's not your the irony about New York and Maryland is you're paying for a bigger government that just wants to suffocate you and regulate you to death. So you're not getting more, you're actually getting less for your money. Joe is still stuck up in Maryland now, unfortunately for him. Yeah. So now there is this, maybe not for long, we'll see. Now there's this talk of bailing out blue states. Well, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Wall Street Journal had a excellent story yesterday. I was I'm really upset I didn't get to it yesterday because it's that good. Should Florida bail out New York? A comparative look at the population growth and spending over 10 years to see what I escaped from and why I now live in Florida, which isn't perfect. We have our issues down here, too. I want you to see how bad the finances are in New York and how grossly your politicians have mismanaged that state through the years. The numbers speak for themselves. Let's go to the screen cap from the piece. Listen to this. In 2010, folks, just 10 years ago, New York's population of 19.3 million was larger than Florida's 18.8 million. By mid-2019, just 10 years, Florida had grown to 21.4 million, while New York had barely increased to 19.4 million. Yet Governor Cuomo in New York recently signed a budget, get a load of this, for 2021, of $177 billion, that is even bigger than last year's papering over a $6 billion deficit before the coronavirus. Florida's budget for 2021. Remember, Florida has more people than New York. New York's budget was $177 billion. Florida has more people, yet their governor, Ron DeSantis, signed the budget expected to be about, is that right, Paul? Am I reading that right? $93 billion? I am reading that right. So $177 billion, $93 billion. 177 billion, 93 billion. So, just to be clear, I escaped New York like Snake Plissken to get away from confiscatory taxes and the government suffocating my business opportunities, moved to Florida, and now I'm supposed to pay again for suffocating business opportunities and high taxes in New York? No, thank you. Hard pass. Do you realize we're Florida, we're bigger than New York, and our state budget is almost half of what theirs is? And by the way, the roads are better and the government's more efficient. You go to the local voter, uh, the, uh, the uh, voter registration, your, your voter registration, admit, you want to vote the Board of Elections down here. Fantastic. Fantastic. I went to get my uh, pistol permit down here, my concealed carry done in and out 20 minutes. We went to pay our Paula, the tax collector walked in, in the waiting room, Mr. Bongino, come on in, sat down 20 minutes later, we're out of the office. Couldn't be more efficient. Where I live now, local government, it's very local down here, even nicer. Called the local police chief, knocks on your door. The police chief knocks on the door. How can we help you? Had the problem solved in a day. I'm not kidding. Little mini dispute with the name. Nothing big. But he knocked on the door. Done. Right? I'm You're laughing. You know what happened. This Florida, where we're paying half. You in New York, try that in New York. Can you get your carry permit? Nope. Try opening up a business in New York. Good luck. Try to pay your taxes in New York. Try to call the, the uh, try to get any kind of government benefit in New York you pay for. It. Good luck with that. Motor vehicle. Good point. Good point. Paula, thank you for the rescue. Motor vehicle. I'm not anyone, anyone who's walked into motor vehicle in New York. Good luck. Remember Paula told me, sir so we used to go to the one in Whitestone. Didn't you get the ticket and come back like eight hours later one time? Right? Didn't you tell me this? You go in, you get a ticket. Um, Now serving number 62. You look at your ticket. You pull in your ticket. Uh, 7,426. Paula came back eight hours later. She still wasn't in there. I went and got my license here. I just did the renewal. How long were you in there? Seriously, don't exaggerate. How long? 10 minutes? I was in there 20 minutes. 20 minutes in and out. The local DMV here in Martin County. I'm not joking. And we pay half for it. Half you pay double to get screwed. I, uh, I'm so animated that my earpiece is falling out. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole Wall Street Journal, but here's some more numbers for you. Since 2010, New York has increased their spending by $43 billion. That's 570000 additional dollars per new New York resident in 10 years. I'm not making that up. In 10 years, New York has increased its spending by $570,000 for every new resident. Florida, in 10 years, has increased their spending per new resident with $570,000? No, $10,400. And again, we're supposed to pay for profligate New York government? No way, no chance, no thanks. Here's another one. New York has a 12.7% income tax when you factor in state and local. They're still running a deficit. New York, big state and local taxes in New York, big government deficits. Wait, I thought high taxes were the key. No debt, we need to tax people more, no deficit. Big taxes, big deficits in New York. Florida's got a balanced budget. You know what our income to state taxes? It's got to be high, right? Democrats tell us taxes are the key to balancing the budget. Zero. (laughs) Donut. Woo. No state income tax at all. Balanced budget. You may say it can't possibly get any worse. Oh, yeah! Believe me, it does. Here's one more little tidbit. Florida, we have we have an elderly population in Florida, which is probably not a secret. An elderly population, twenty percent. Uh, New York has an elderly population twenty percent smaller than Florida. Florida has we do we have there's a lot of retirement communities down here. We have the villages. A lot of older folks move to Florida. Weather's nice. Taxes. You get it. New York's elderly population is 20% smaller. That's big. You may say, well, Medicare, which is a government-sponsored disastrous health insurance program for the elderly, being that Florida's elderly population is a lot larger, than Joe, it would be logical, would it not, to say, well, clearly, Medicare spending in Florida would be much higher, right? Yeah, it Maybe sounds just logical. have more older yeah. people on Medicare. Sounds yeah. logical, right? Yes, it not does. a trick question here. Uh, you'd be wrong, of course, because you're thinking (laughs) logically, shame on you. Um, (laughs) New York's Medicare spending is twice as much as Florida, despite having an elderly population 20% smaller. We're not financing it. I'm sorry. No dice. Not interested, folks. I love my New York friends, uh, and it wasn't you, and there are a lot of good people in New York, but the others voted you out and voted in people, and I'm sorry, but I am not financing that. Financing that. And no one else should either. You know what? Let's just get to this one last thing because I'm getting tired of this guy too. This clown joker, Tim Ryan, who just is a total faker. He ran for president for two minutes. He's a Democrat congressman. He tries to champion himself as some kind of like, you know, hero of the middle class. This guy is is so totally, completely fake plastic and full of crap. So he gets on the house floor in negotiation over one of these 6 million different bailout packages. And he has an absolute meltdown trying to beat a middle class guy. Here's what he said on the house floor. I'm going to debunk this stupidity in a second. Check this out. Do a tax cut where 83% of it goes to the top 1% of the wealthiest people. Fast forward a few months, global pandemic 36 million people unemployed. Okay. Here we go again with this stupid talking point from this total fraud phony. Ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you can do things like simple math and analysis or even have access to the internet, this talking point about how the Trump tax cuts largely benefited the rich is ridiculous. Number one, the Democrats, the Democrats, the Democrats for the third time, not the Republicans, the Democrats want to repeal the SALT deduction, the limitation, the SALT state and local tax deduction. Long story short. That is largely a tax cut for wealthy people. If they get rid of it, the Democrats want a tax cut for the wealthy people. I'm not, I like the it. In other words, if you pay a lot of state and local taxes, you used to be able to deduct them on your on your federal tax reform. The Trump tax cut stopped that, so essentially some wealthy people are paying more. I'd rather than pay less. I am principled on the side of tax cuts for everybody because I think they can spend their money better in the government. The Democrats want that repeal. Tim Ryan's party are, I'm not kidding, are championing a a getting rid of the SALTA limitation, which would give a tax cut to the wealthy. That's their thing. I'm just showing you they're liars. Secondly, hat tip Investopedia here. Let's look at the actual Trump tax cuts brackets to show you again how Tim Ryan's lying. The majority of this tax cut went to the middle class. Investopedia. The top rate fell from 39.6 to 37. So the wealthiest folks got a tax cut of a 2.6 percentage points. While the 33% bracket dropped to 32. So those a little less wealthy got a one percentage point cut. Now we get to the middle class, Joe. The 28% bracket dropped to 24. So upper middle class folks got a four percentage point tax cut. I'm pretty sure that's bigger than 2.6 and Mm one. The other middle-class bracket, the 25% bracket, dropped to 23. Again, a, th- uh, a 22, excuse me, a three-percentage point cut. The 15% bracket to 12%, another 3% cut. And the lowest bracket remained at 10%. So, ladies and gentlemen, the middle class, if you just Google it, just go to uh, any internet search engine and Google the Trump tax cuts, tax cuts, excuse me, you would know Tim Ryan is lying. The biggest percentage point cuts in taxes went to the middle class, not the rich, who in fact had to pay higher taxes in blue states because they couldn't pay, get, take a deduction anymore on their state and local taxes, which Democrats want repealed. People are liars. You may say, well, where's he getting that number? 83% of the cut went to the richest. Because, folks, if you make a billion dollars a year and you get a a 2.6 percentage point tax cut, lesser of a tax cut than the middle class, by the way, it's a lot of money because you make a billion dollars. If you make a hundred thousand a year and you're upper middle class and you get a bigger percentage point cut, your tax cut's only gonna be about three thousand dollars. The billionaire is probably going to be a lot of money, but it's not. It's a factor of them making more money. Can Tim Ryan not figure out fractions? Oh, my gosh. The middle class got the biggest cut. Just look it up. What a dunce. I'm so tired of this guy screaming and yelling like a lunatic on the house floor. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is free. We'd love to get to 500,000 subscribers. We're almost there. Half a million is a big number. It's youtube.com slash Bongino. It's always free, of course. Subscribe. And uh, you can watch it on your TV. If you have Comcast and stuff, you can just go to apps, YouTube, play our show right on your TV. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but...